Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Go Steelers! Go Steelers! Say go Steelers! Go Steelers! Yeah, 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 yeah. Welcome to the Steelers Outpost Podcast, a proud member of Sports Drink Network. It is December 27th, 2021. This is Tom coming to you from the Sawdust Studios in the Washington, D.C. Outpost, and Nick joins me from the Houston Outpost. And Nick, the only good news I have is that we are not the Washington football team. Nobody's punching each other on the face and the sidelines. That's the, that's the good news. I agree with you. I think that there's actually something to that. So we're going to do the pod today, and I think we're going to take a slightly different approach to and just talk more broadly about the Steelers and not so much about the game because I don't know about you guys, but you could just listen to our podcast from the last 15, 16, maybe even 26 weeks uh, and just hear what it is. Yeah, the Steelers can't stop the run. They can't pass. They have no – they don't have good players. They don't have good coaching. They suck. It's deja vu. They're, I mean, how many times can a team go down 30 to zero in one freaking season? And who thought it would be any different against the Chiefs? Not me. But we did talk, Dad, speaking of players punching e- each other in the face like they did in Washington. I did say at the beginning of the year when we thought, oh, crap, there's a chance they actually might really suck. We said that would actually be bad news. They need to fight. They need to get around 500. Once again, our our my cop-out prediction <laughs> before the season Steelers started was either one game above or below 500. I'm realizing now that I'm saying that there's nothing to brag about. You have to choose one or the other, right? But it does show you we were in range of what kind of team the Steelers would be. And I think as time has gone on, I have come to the conclusion that I prefer them to win more games rather than lose and tank out because I think when you're tanking out and you're losing a lot of games, other problems occur and they start piling up, such as your players hating each other, people demanding trades. You know, what about Minka Fitzpatrick? I think he has 108 tackles this year already. Um, he's, he's just laying his body on the line. A guy like that, it's like, what if they were, what if they won two games? Would a guy like that ask for a trade at that point? Um, I don't know, but I think that when you're losing all your games, problems like that do arise and you're right. At least nobody's punching each other in the face. And that's yeah, it's, it, I think that, that, that tanking should be illegal in the league, by the way. I, I think that the NBA is sort of famous for it, right? But you can do it in the NFL. And I think it's, it, it leads to cultural rot. To your point, who wants to be part of that? I feel, don't you feel bad for Cam Hayward? It feels like crap. Of course. Yeah, and it's not like those guys around him aren't trying. They are desperately trying to hang on in the NFL. Just they don't have it. I mean, I think you you exercise a little of this attitude in uh, some CYO basketball games, if I remember correctly. 
That that is correct. We'll we'll talk. About, it was a disaster, and I was a disaster. A lot of foot stomping. But we'll get more into that later. That ties into another one of the topics we're going to hit today. But I don't think actually really any teams don't really tank in the NFL. The front office and the president or the owner can cause them to tank by doing things like not letting Deshaun Watson play and hiring David Cully. But then again, the Texans also brought in a bunch of veterans that helped them win a couple of games. They don't. You don't really tank as much in the NFL because. The coaches and the players, like, they don't want to get fired. This is their tape. There's a tiny opportunity to succeed. So teams can just suck, but there's not that much of intentionally losing games because it's going to be hard to convince coaches and players to do that when their actual careers are on the line, so much so that you may never coach or play again if you suck on a sucky team. I think you make a good point, and it, it probably is more the front office who does these things. And w- was it the Jets? Did Miami? Who else? Like clean? I mean, the fact we have Minka P- Fitzpatrick, just like that, the, this cleaning of the house by the front office. Thinking well, they're about to go to the playoffs. They're about to go to the playoffs, and maybe the Minka move was dumb, but he didn't want to be there, and they strategically turned it around in one year. I mean, the, if Minka had stayed, maybe arguably Miami's in a better position than Pittsburgh. So I think that that was, that was an aggressive move that they made with Minka, but overall they, they transitioned to it into getting a lot of players. Let's, I think we're losing uh, the forest through the trees here or the tree through the forest, whatever it is. We got to talk about where the Steelers are at and we got to talk about their future. We got to prognosticate. Do they have any chance at getting better anytime soon? Would you bet that they will be able to recover? I'll bet that they'll recover. I'll bet at my bookie. It's not every day that you can double your money, but at my bookie, you can double your money instantly thanks to their double deposit bonus for all new users. I don't think we're going to be seeing the discount double check from Aaron Rodgers in Pittsburgh uh, due to how Green Bay is doing and to how Pittsburgh is faltering. So in that case, you definitely want to hit the double deposit bonus because my bookie's got you covered. If you sign up at mybookie.ag and use the promo code, Sports drink, one word, sports drink. You'll instantly receive double your initial deposit so you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. Once again, do not bet against the Steelers. That is sacrilegious. I do not care. Find some sort of prop bet to bet for the Steelers. I don't want you to bet them going down 30 to zero in any other future games. Otherwise, your fan card is revoked. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. Okay, so, Dad, the Steelers are in big trouble. Tell me this. When you're scrolling through Twitter, which you generally reserve just for game day, just for the time of the game, right? I get sucked into it a little bit more during the week, but this year I have broke my habit of a lot of that. Do you find it, is there any level of humor to the mass hysteria? To these people, like you just see these people, it's like they're in faltering relationships and they're in complete denial. Do you think that there's a level of humor to it? Does it make you sad? Does it make you feel bad for the Steelers fans? Does it make you worry for the Steelers' future? Because to me, it is it is a wild jungle out there with the mass hysteria and Steelers Nation and everybody trying to figure out the one genius solution that if you just fixed coaching or you just fixed offensive line, then everything would be better when in reality, the obvious answer is staring you right in the face and that it's a full, it's a total rebuild situation. I don't know how to read, watch, what do you do with Twitter? Consume Twitter? I mean, it's, it's like drinking from a fire hose during a game, but I'm still, I'm learning to filter out the people that just 
you know, have a, have a, have a glib answer. And there, there are a lot of veterans out there who, who understand that. And they are pretty funny. They sort of, maybe there's a lot of gallows humor there. So maybe I'm doing a better job at highlighting the people I know who are going to give some right. comment or an observation that I can appreciate. But you're right. There's just a lot of people flailing. The, the comments to some of the big names are where you find the crazies. I agree. And I guess the first let's ta- let's sort of outline what we want to talk about here. Everybody knows and and everybody has known since the Cincinnati blowout. It's official. The Steelers are in full complete rebuild mode. They don't have a single offensive lineman that you feel confident starting next year. I mean, that's a disaster. Yep, you can go back to the Najee Harris pick. Should you have overdrafted someone at that position just because yeah, I'm worried about a first round running back. Obviously, he's amazing, but if you don't get a good backup to him, by the way, you are just relying so heavily on the fact that this guy never misses a game in his career. Or you're one snap away from Benny Snell. You can't, re- you know, should they have taken Creed Humphrey? I saw someone, uh, we got in a little discussion last week about, look how great Creed Humphrey is for the Chiefs. They should have taken him even though he was a second round grade. And I'm saying, look, <laughs> that's hindsight. You, you can't say that. Should they have? Maybe, but you can't act like it was some slam dunk pick they could have made. Like the, the Eagles taking Jalen Rieger or Rager over Justin Jefferson, where Jefferson was universally considered a bona fide first round prospect and Rieger was considered second or third round at best by every single person. Like that's an example, like a Terrell Edmonds, Artie Burns. Nobody considered these guys first round picks. And you can't act like otherwise, well, why did nobody take Tom Brady earlier? Why did nobody take Tony Romo or Antonio Brown? That's hindsight. Like I don't, I, I don't like people saying they should have drafted someone different instead of Najee because there was an obvious answer because there was not. Because Christian Darisaw went one pick ahead of Najee. If they had selected Najee over a bona fide first-round guy, then I would say, yeah, that, that's really hard to justify that. But I guess what I'm trying to say is they have no offensive lineman. They have no quarterback. And I think with the way the season's ending, I think the odds, obviously, of getting a Rodgers or a Russ are, are kind of flying out the window a little bit at this point. So there's no quarterback in sight. There's no good quarterbacks, no great quarterbacks in the draft, and you're not going to be arranged to draft one. The offensive coordinator is dog crap. I know people want to argue either he has nothing to work with or um, or he's terrible, and if there was a good offensive coordinator, they could take these – terrible players and make them better you guys it's much simpler than that and i know we want answers but the answer is the sad one is that the steelers had a phenomenal team for 20 straight years they were amazing they had a couple eight and eight years but otherwise they were incredible buoyed by a superstar hall of fame quarterback who could create plays on his own when the offense was not ideal around him right? It's such a luxury. And they're just crumbling from that and they're going to have to rebuild and that's okay. And it's not rocket science. Look, the offensive coordinator, they're far, far too predictable in down and distance situations. First and 10, they have the, the highest, they have one of the highest run rates on first, ten, first and 10 in the NFL and one of the lowest success rates, if not the lowest rate. So if it's first and 10, you generally know what the Steelers are doing. If it's third down, they're throwing short of the sticks every time. How much of that has been? How much of that is the offensive coordinator? Go back and watch the All-22 and look at the routes that are run. It's both, right? So the answer is a little bit more simple and maybe a little bit sadder than people want to say. It's all bad. And that leads to the question, what do you do from here? 
And I know that Mike Tomlin's taken a ton of heat and he should take heat because if the coordinators are a lot of the problem, right? These offensive coordinator, coordinators, they keep promoting from within and these guys keep sucking. The offensive line coaches, Adrian Clem just left today, right before recording this podcast to go to uh, Oregon. Uh, is Oregon even playing? I'm sure there's some bowl game or whatever, but he's easily even before the season's done, right? Sean Surrett, he was terrible. He, you keep promoting from within. Randy Feetner, Matt Canada, these guys are not working. Matt, uh, Mike Tomlin has something to do with that. But if you know about the Steelers organizational structure, the Roonies and Colbert have a lot to do with that too. So again, it's a sad, boring answer. This is, unila- like, this is universal. The pr- there's problems all over. And so many of them could be masked by getting a great quarterback. And then you can build around that because that's how the NFL works these days. So I guess what I'm trying to say is, what do you think, Dad? Does it need, does Tomlin need to go and every single coach and the, does every single person need to, to be fired? The, the coordinators, the, the GM, the quarterback, like obviously that's extreme. Who do you think needs to go? Because clearly some shakeups need to happen and clearly some of this is only going to be solved by a few years of draft picks and development and free agency because you need more bullets in the chamber as far as players go. Well, we both have always defended Mike Tomlin. And I just want to revisit something you said. This is an all promotion from within. I mean, maybe Sean Surratt could be argued, but like Clem came from the outside, Canada came from the outside, and they may have spent a year here in a lower position before they got elevated. Right. But the, the, the running backs coach who was – um. Uh, where was he? Like North Carolina, and he came over with the running back we just right, got right, last uh, year. Go so on. that, so I don't, I don't think you can. I mean, if you want to shake things up, you, you change the head coach, and maybe you do. Maybe you do look for for young talent, like we have done three times in the last sixty years, as <laughs> some teams have successfully done over the last five years. Why do you do that? Why do you change a head coach? And how do you defend that as some answer except for people who aren't looking at film, they're not looking at tape, they don't really understand what they're seeing, and they just want to lash out a quarterback and head coach? What does getting rid of Mike Tomlin gain you? Who are you going to get? And I want – and I won't say this from you, but I'll say this from our listeners. Like I want names, specific names. Coaches are like quarterbacks in the draft. They aren't just around. There are particular years where you get lucky, and there's a few great ones available with track records. Kyle Shanahan did not come out of nowhere. He had four or five top-tier offenses. Cleveland, Houston, Washington, before Atlanta. All of those teams were Kyle Shanahan teams, also coming as growth from his dad, even McVay. He studied under Gruden. Then under the Shanahan's, there are guys who are groomed. Like, you need to tell me who is the guy who you're going to get that's going to be better than Tomlin. I can't answer that. I don't know it. I don't know the way you know it. I'm not disagreeing with you that um, there's a guy waiting out there. Maybe there is none. I'm just saying that sometimes things need to be shaken up. When a guy has been around for 15 years in the same position, orthodoxy tends to set in. And you may be seeing this in the way we play defense. And the players that we choose right. and the players that we try to develop. I mean, Ray Ray McLeod, why is he out there? I mean, I would, again, I want to be in the room when they talk about these decisions they make because you you just – you want to assume they know more than you. They have more information. They know more than you, but your eyes don't deceive you. So I think there could be a level of orthodoxy setting in with Mike Tomlin. Um, yeah. How receptive is he? 
to outside uh, suggestion, how much does Aruni have to say in you know sort of the ordering of the universe? I don't know. I'm just saying that if you great you want to shake it up, shake it up. I might not. I I don't think I'd start with him. I'd like to see him make some decisions. I mean, I kind of like the Canada choice at the front end. I mean, it just looked like something different. Where we we'd always been talking about no play action, and he did instill a lot. At Still least looked like he last. was going to do that. Now he is. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't start out that way. And again, is it him? Is he being told what to do? I don't know. But at least it was a step in the right direction from my standpoint. Yeah, from process, I agree. I like it. A guy who who was really from the college. I guess that's my other problem, though. It's like these college guys never work. They need some level of NFL experience. And I guess he had a modicum of it. But I did like the fact that he was from – and that's what I would redo right now. It's like like I said, all the people I'm pointing out, Lafleur the Shanahan's, the McFay's, all the young guys that we point to, right? They all came up as assistants through the NFL ranks. It's hard to, like, there aren't many coordinators. Look how Joe Brady's flailing, or he flailed and got fired in, in Carolina. That would be my one adjustment is, like, if you pick a guy, whoever the coach is, coordinator or head coach, he better have come up through the NFL ranks, not through college. That transition is just, it's just going from algebra to rocket science. But I do agree. I like that there was some intentionality behind his hire in terms of like, we need to modernize. And he, and I'll be at the college level. He did show a nice, um, you know, variety of play calling in that spread sort of formation. So process wise, you're right. That is a little bit interesting. And it actually is kind of cool to be like, well, they also brought him on and let him be an assistant for one year and sort of brought him up a little bit that way. So I take your point. You're, you're right. I think I overreacted a little bit with saying they're hiring from within too often. You almost look at that process with Canada, and it's a pretty good-looking process. Like, we're going to take him from college, but we're not going to make him OC right away. Like, he needs to be in the NFL for a year, so we're going to groom him for one year like you'd sit a quarterback or something. So, And then just to respond to your points about maybe Tomlin's message is getting stale – I, I really like the answer you gave, and I like that it was it was thought out and you addressed some of the, the things that I pointed out because I'm just seeing people on Twitter just say, fire the head coach, and they're not giving me good reasons, and they don't follow other teams. They don't understand that, like, these the same fam, fan base would fire Andy Reid if he didn't have Patrick Mahomes because there's no way that they're in the Super Bowl without Patrick Mahomes, and if they're not in the Super Bowl, Pittsburgh hates them. They'd fire Sean Payton. They'd fire John Harbaugh. So that's why I say there needs to be some sort of reasoning there and what you're pointing to is the most compelling thing for me, which is that Ike Taylor, Ryan Clark, and the boys have been tweeting the past few days about how this team is a total me first team. And I agree with them. I, I resist that kind of old man yells at cloud thing. But Witherspoon celebrated another breakup in the end zone when we were down 27 0. You know, the Claypool thing, there's, there's way too many examples of it. And I think Tomlin is obviously great at relating to players. But what, what you said about the defense and the defensive philosophy, I think that's the biggest thing because we saw it happen to Dick LeBeau, and I think it's happened to Tomlin too. And I think Tomlin's style may have been better for the tougher era with Ryan Clark and Ike Taylor and these guys. And there is just a chance that the message is, is, is growing stale or something like that. There's also the worry that you're never going to get a great defensive coordinator in Pittsburgh because – he won't give up control of the defense. So that would be another reason to, to move on. Now, you know, I have all the, I think he could even go to another team and reinvent himself and go win another Super Bowl like an Andy Reid. But 
You're right. In leadership positions, I mean, 15 years is a long time. And there is something to be said that it gets stale. And the only difference is like, you better have someone good to replace him with. Because if you just bring in some random Marvin Lewis type guy, you should keep Tomlin for his exceptional people skills, his exceptional development of star players. We're looking at this Steelers team that needs a total rebuild. And they have multiple all pros on the team. Like the Jets didn't start with Minka, TJ, and then, you know, not all pros, but like Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool. I hate trigger warning. Chase Claypool has a lot of potential. You saw unbelievable catches again against the Chiefs. Um, Najee Harris, Pat Fryer move. There are a lot of Alex Highsmith. There are a lot of pieces for a team that needs a total rebuild. And a lot of that is Tomlin. You know, you have to give him credit for that too. So um, I guess that's my long-winded answer of saying – it's, it's hard to say you want to blow up everything. Now we have no continuity and you're going to totally roll the dice on like a Joe Judge situation. And if you do that, it's going to set you back another six years because if the guy sucks for three years, you've completely changed the culture. You have nothing consistent about the Steelers way. No GM, no head coach, no quarterback, no nothing. That's a big risk because you could go into the dark ages for a long time unless you hang on with Tomlin until somebody appears. That's like a really attractive co- coaching candidate. I don't know how long you can maintain a culture. I mean, let's face it. We were kind of kidding about this, but where where Ben has given up trying to get guys from not playing music in the locker room. Yeah. These guys are, are detached. I mean, it's, it's just not that Tomlin's been around so long. It's that he's an old guy now to everybody coming in the locker room. It's like your, your generation didn't care about like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, like name your, uh, Michael right. Jordan. They're all about you. So it, yeah, they're, just they're too comparing far Kenny removed. Pickett to Dan Marino these days. Psychotic. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, no it's offense, not, and Love <laughs> I, I just don't know how you keep relating. I, I don't, I do, I don't know about the me first part with the Steelers. I, it was a sample size of one, but Chase Claypool looked like he was serious yesterday in the game. I didn't, I saw no celebrating. He got up, he threw the ball, but he had great catches and there wasn't great a whole point. lot of self congratulatory. You don't see that from, um, Minka. No, you don't see that right, from yeah. Najee. Najee Harris is like, he's a great, He's a great leader. I think great Fryer leader Muth. with no, yeah, Fryermuth. You're and, killing um, me. You, you are uh, really earning your your salary here today in the podcast because you've changed. My, you've changed my. Uh, I feel like I said two things already in the podcast that I've completely done a 180. You're, you're totally right. They're they're not really much of a me first, but there's just something wrong, and I think it starts with defense because that's what Tomlin has his stamp on. I swear though, if the Steelers got Zach Wilson. Or Trevor Lawrence and a couple offensive linemen, it would be fine. Because if you get a superstar quarterback at that point, there are only like four or five great strategic head coaches in the NFL. That's it. And you're so what do you want besides that? Matt LaFleur, he's he's Aaron Rodgers. It's Aaron Rodgers. Of course, Matt LaFleur is good. You don't they've lost like four games over the course of three years. So much of that is Aaron Rodgers, though. And I know people don't want to hear it, but let's just say if you plugged in a number of other quarterbacks, how many do you think that Green Bay is winning that many games? And then if you p- plugged in a couple of different coaches, do you think that Green Bay would be winning? Co- it, it's obvious. It's so deeply tied to having a superstar quarterback. I think the Steelers would be okay with Tomlin if they continue that. But right now, there's too much reliance on his defensive philosophy which definitively blows and it makes sense because he came up with tampa bay and the tampa two system which was the seattle cover three before seattle was which is in to say 
it, it took the league by storm. There were a couple Hall of Fame defenses that used it, and then every NFL team figured out how to beat it, and then certain guys didn't adjust past that. And uh, obviously that's not what the Steelers play now. They do some modern concepts. But just for whatever reason, this era of defense, I mean, it's a total failure for Mike Tomlin, isn't it? I mean, it's been over 10 years right now, and they've had one good defense. The changes I would make, not to get rid of Mike Tomlin, but Mike Tomlin needs to bring in a very strong defensive coordinator. Somebody with experience, a Mike Munchak type, you know, level guy, experience, can stand toe-to-toe with Tomlin. And Tomlin needs to let go, whatever form that is. He doesn't call any more plays. He doesn't talk about strategy. He lets that go, and he just is a head coach. And the other yeah. thing, the other two things we, we agree, you, you have to get a quarterback, and you have to build the offensive line. And otherwise, you know, I, I think if the defense wasn't out on the field for two thirds of the game and, you know, you'll be able to fill in pieces over time. I and mean, you have the makings of so if we can get some, some linebackers, I think you have the makings of a good defense and replace Joe Hayden. That's not where I'd, I'd spend my time and money. I don't think they have the makings of a good defense yet because they're going to lose the they're going to lose a bunch of these guys pretty shortly to retirement and stuff. But I take your point, like them being on the field is not the issue this year. I mean, they give up a hundred rush yards in the first quarter, every game. So that's not the problem this year, but I take, they're not tired in the first quarter is what I'm trying to say. But I do take your point, which is like, if you had a quarterback, it buys your defense time to grow and you're not getting a quarterback this year. There's just, there's, there's no dramatic situation that's going to change in between now and then short of being like, screw it. Let's get Deshaun Watson. That would be the only thing. Like that will be the guy. That's a supernova top three NFL quarterback who can scramble and throw and create on his own. And by the way, has proven it with the Houston Texans team. That sucks. Like we've seen him carry bad teams. And even then they won four freaking games last year. So how much can you do? But I can't see them taking another guy with sexual assault charges, you know? Um, But so that being said, last two topics I'd like to cover, say you need a quarterback. It's not going to happen this year. I'm doing everything to just build the lines, both lines, the trenches. I don't know if two, it's coming back or whatever it is, or I feel like they'll probably just keep him on for one more year. Let him play out the contract. If he plays great, if he doesn't, whatever, you just need to build a line and just don't even worry about the quarterback. Like there's going to be pandemonium in Pittsburgh and on national media. If there's pandemonium now, You should really be in an actual rebuild your next year and just dedicate all your resources to building a line. If you build a line on offense, you're a quarterback away from being in contention because you have good receivers. By the way, it also brings up the point. There's, we got to look at the financials, dad. There's a big part of me. The more the days go on that not just, I don't just think they might. I'm starting to think they should resign Juju Smith-Schuster because that is, probably the most consistent player on the team besides TJ Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. If you had Juju, Deontay, and or Chase, Najee, Fryermuth, and a good offensive line, then you're talking, right? So I just think that this year needs to be approached a little bit differently in the offseason, which is like, this is an actual rebuild. Like, we're not going to do the fake, you know, we're going to bring Ben back for one more year. We're going to keep trying. No, like, ignore other positions, at the cost of getting a line together. I know a lot of people want to get a corner. The Steelers need a number one corner. I could not care less about a corner right now, even though, of course, I totally agree. And if they need one, obviously. And if the, if the, the board fell that way and you got an awesome guy, then definitely. But 
to me, I'm almost like ignore everything else and get offensive and defensive line and then talk to us in 2023. And then we'll make other decisions about corners and four, three receivers and quarterbacks and stuff along that nature. Cause to me, there's just not even enough pieces in the cupboard right now to even judge how good or bad coaches are. You know, Juju's like the bishop in, in a chess game, sitting there in the corner ready to be a sniper to silently haven't been forgotten about. Although I'm sure the NFL yeah. hasn't forgotten about him. They haven't seen him play. They don't know how he's going to come back. Maybe there is a chance that we can bring him back. I like your I like your. Thinking. And culture-wise, I know some people freak out. I thought TikTok, like, no. he, he's the toughest player on the Steelers. He, is, yeah. he hits everybody. He hits anything that moves. He never drops the ball. I know he has the, the, the biggest – problems yeah the two game losing fumbles the ravens and the and the saints thing yeah that sucks but look he like never drops the ball he catches the ball on the sideline he catches on the inside he didn't complain when his whole career got tanked the guy had 1500 yards and like 120 catches and then got turned into a, a dink and dunk guy you never heard him one time complain you never saw his body language one time get um become negative or anything this is the ultimate stealer i need to convince people this that will be a huge guy like and by the way with the body type he has and the work ethic he has he seems like a guy who could be a 10 year plus player and you need those because deontay he he might be the number one receiver but he fumbled with nobody around he just threw the ball to the other team yesterday he's a time bomb you're always looking Deontay and Chase are so roller coaster their highs are so high but their lows are so low having a guy like Juju think about that Juju Najee and Fryermuth are those not the most I mean is that not Heinz Heath and the bus like all over again I, I think that there could be a lot to be said and that's another thing because I'm not convinced on I, I do still think you should keep Tomlin but I want it to be on the record as the season has gone on you know, my opinion evolves on that, and I'm definitely not some guy who says you should always keep him no matter what. But I think if you could keep Tomlin, TJ, Minka, Fryermuth, Juju, and, and Najee, that is a lot of stealer stealers. And then hopefully, you know, a Dotson could come up and then you can, you know, find those next linemen. Um, but those guys go a, a long way towards building the next phase of the Steelers. Yeah, and I, I think you need to find a way to build the offensive line fast because I don't know if you need five guys, but I think you need four. I, I don't know. I, do you give up on Kendrick Green already? It's I. There's no way you can you can go into next year without having a start. He can't play center. I mean, he's gotten worse. This is bad news. Maybe they can get the freaking guy from uh, Iowa in the first round. That would be a dream. And you can try to see if Kendrick Green could play better at guard. But that, to me, seems like the most obvious thing. Is like, hey, if he's small at center, he's going to be small at guard too. So I don't even know if it's going to work. But this center thing has been an abject disaster. And I would not – I mean, I'd prioritize center in the offseason. And then, if, unfortunately, if it doesn't fall that way, because I know people never want to hear that. But, like, look, free agency in the draft, it's luck too. Like – who's available when and where if it doesn't fall that way, then okay. But I think that you go into the off season and center is high on the list of, of priorities. And the best situation would be you draft a guy or you get a free agent who's going to be the starter. And then you try Kendrick green at, at, at guard. How about fullback? Well, we got that taken care of. we got a lot, man. One more year. Oh, as many as, as TJ's here. <laughs> Do you notice they're on the <laughs> sideline together all the time? I guess that's well, they're natural. brothers. Yeah. <laughs> At least they still like each other. Yeah, so that's what I think going forward. I'm still keeping Tomlin. I wish they would fire everybody else. 
Uh, Terrell, a lot of people saying Terrell Austin probably get promoted to defensive coordinator again. It doesn't mean anything if Tomlin's really running that. Offensively, I don't even know what you do at this point. But Tomlin, damn it, dude. He's such a smart guy. He's such a personal guy. you got to have a network. You have to tell me this guy has a network where they could really prioritize finding someone good for that. But to me, it's major rebuild offseason and just build the damn trenches and, like, accept that you're going to be last place in the AFC North last year, next year. And then emerge the year after that and the year after that and take back the crown. But I think that's how you have to play in the modern NFL right now when you're transitioning out of a superstar, offense-carrying, franchise, Hall of Fame quarterback. All right. Well, what do you bet that we retain Mike Tomlin? I'd bet a lot of money. I bet it on my bookie. And the best thing about this is if I go to my bookie right now and if you sign up, at mybookie.ag and use the promo code sports drink, you'll get their new double deposit bonus, which means you can kickstart your betting experience with all the best games, leagues, and casino options to choose from. That double deposit bonus sets you up for success by doubling your first deposit when using that promo code sports drink at mybookie. That's promo code sports drink to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with mybookie. I'm betting Mike Tomlin's staying, but I bet the Steelers' stock might go down before it goes up. And I'm going to make that bet. I'm going to play that stock market. I'm going to ride that roller coaster at Symbol, S-I-M-B-U-L-L, people. It's the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. On Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks. And every time your teams win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts when your teams win. That's S-I-M. B-U-L-L dot com and use this promo code SD for a sports drink to make your deposit risk free. That's S-I-M-B-U-L-L dot com and use that promo code SD and your deposit will be risk free. That means even if you lose money, Symbol will refund your initial deposit. No questions asked. Join Symbol and start investing and profiting from your favorite teams. Go Steelman. Remember people, buy low. Buy low, sell high, Spotify Green Room. Let's talk about it there. Spotify Green Room is a live audio only sports talk platform that's free to download and easy to use. You can talk to fans, athletes, insiders, angry people, idealists, psychopaths in real time. I'm telling you, it's perfect for watch parties, post game breakdowns, debates, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you got to do is download the Spotify Green Room app for free in the iOS App Store. Create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, and get to talking about what really counts. And that's sports, baby. So you had one more, one more item for the, for the agenda. Yes, the social aspect here. Dad, you have been a, uh, a paragon of, of leadership here on this podcast, helping me adjust my opinions, helping me jump off, you know, step away from the ledge. But overall, as I've said through the course of the season, my soul died in New Orleans in that game where AB's last game as a Steeler. That's when it really dawned on me that it was over for the Steelers. So my expectations, as I've been nervous my whole life, you know, Ben got into year 10, and I already started thinking about the end. Oh, my God, it's going to be the worst day of my life. I can't not have Ben Roethlisberger in my life. What if the Steelers suck? What if I don't want to watch the Steelers if Ben Roethlisberger isn't there anymore? I've been working on this for years. And I would like to say that I had reached a point over the last few years with the Steelers where my expectations were aligned with reality in terms of I didn't expect them to win the Super Bowl, um, but I still enjoy the team the same way. Because I was worried that when the Steelers suck – now let's not speak too soon here because 
I'm not not nervous about the future for the Steelers. And who knows what it'd be like if they're like this every year. But, but either way, I just love the Steelers so much, love football so much. I'm able to watch the games and not be overly invest, uh, um, emotionally invested. Of course, in, in the, you know, when they're coming back against Minnesota and Fryermuth drops that pass, I definitely feel it in the heart. Like, it's not that I'm out there cold and clammy, but I, it, I don't ride the roller coaster as much as I did for our entire lives. The broken items around my childhood home, your home, uh, I was an embarrassment to the United States of America for about 20 something years, up until 2017. So I am by no means saying I am above any of this. And I probably will go back there if the Steelers return to absolute glory at a certain point. But Cousin P. Butch, Pat, who's been on the, uh, the show a number of times with us, resident Jets fan, he talked about having a similar experience watching games when the Jets got really bad with his dad than what I might have been noticing with you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But, Dad, it seems to me during the games that you're riding the, you're riding the emotions a little bit. Every game starts out. Steelers start giving up yards. You say, how are they doing this? Look at this giant hole. Like trying to make explanations or wondering why the Steelers are getting gashed while I'm sitting there like this this is the team. Like, this is what happens every week. Like, what are, what are we surprised about here? I can't be angry about something I knew was going to happen. I can be frustrated watching it. But I feel like I see you riding the emotions. And it, it inspires me because it tells me that you have some level of hope there and some powerful blind Steelers loyalty, which we all need. But how has the experience been for you, Dad? Because I feel that you're going through some frustrations. Like Cousin Pat said, his dad thought the same thing. When the Jets started sucking and Pat kind of saw the writing on the wall, he's like, damn it, we're not that good. And Uncle Don just could not get around it. He just was so furious every game that this team of backup players was somehow playing poorly. Uh, How has the experience been for you? Because I'm seeing a lot of Steelers dads in this, um, you know, screaming out and crying and holding their Jack Lambert doll tight at night. This wouldn't have happened if Lambert were here. You know, it's funny. When I moved to Washington in the early 80s, I just lost track of the Steelers, probably at the right time. They didn't, you couldn't get a game down here in Washington. And then um, 1996 rolled around when DirecTV came up with the NFL package for about $4 billion, money I didn't have. But, I, but ever since 96, right. I've been able to watch the Steelers. And every year, fewer and fewer games are on DirecTV because they're all on national TV. So now I'm still wasting money. Seriously. That aside... I have to have hope. I'm not watching for no reason. As a matter of fact, not only do I have hope that we can just pull off an upset, which is always glorious and fun, but every time the Steelers give up a first down, I get a little shot of dopamine in a positive way. And then, Mm. okay, now cross this line, 10 more yards, 10 fresh (laughs) yards to work with. Right. Boy, it does drive me crazy. I mean, we were—I was just at uh, just the bar here for lunch this afternoon, and they were, they were talking about the uh, Redskin game, the big massacre at the hands of Dallas Washington and football team. Yep. Sorry, uh, that's old guy talk. <laughs> that is old guy talk. Yeah, the massacre at the hands of Dallas. But you, but you know, your expectation. The guy said, "I don't care. You're football. You're an NFL. You're a pro level football player," which I agree with to a certain extent. But the standard is the standard is just a phrase that is meaningless because you, you're you starting because you are better than the guys who are behind you. So to bring up the second team, yeah. third team, your expectations do have to go down. But it's still amazing, and I said this during the game yesterday, how badly the next tier down 
performs compared to the it's not like you go yeah. from 10 to 9.5 to 9 to 8.5 it goes right. from 10 down to 7 pretty quickly yeah or 10 to 5 pretty quickly and it just shows you how unbelievable these athletes are the 0.001 of the 0.001 and those are the guys who are actually good and then one, you wonder how an antonio brown happens or a tj Watt. like wait but how are you this much better than everybody too yeah I, yeah i don't i don't necessarily need hope to to enjoy like i'm enjoying watching the process and i can get hope I look for hope for the long term. So when Deontay has a great game, I feel like, yes, Austin, this could be something in a couple of years. Or I enjoy watching the process of these guys improve. I, I do have hope for the ups. I don't go in every week thinking there's no chance they'll win. Like I even said against Kansas City, I'm like, if they don't have Hill and Kelsey, the Steelers actually have like a 50% chance of winning because Kansas City's offense has not been on now they look like they finally turned the, the corner and I'm such a Patrick Mahomes fan. I'm, I'm happy for him that he's learning how to take check downs. Cause he was so decisive in those check downs and they barely even used Tyree kill yesterday. But I knew that when at least one of those guys play, the Steelers are screwed. They're just going to have to compromise too much trying to cover them. But yeah, I, I, it's not that I'm just saying those oh, Steelers can't win at all. I just look at it differently. I'm looking at long-term. If I see positive improvements, if Najee does well, if the line does well, Obviously, my big one is I, as many good games from Ben, as many highlights as I can see from Ben, I'll, I'll take and I'll cherish and I'll rewatch. Um, but it's not tied to like Super Bowl winning where, you know, every other year, and especially in the killer B years, I mean, I was a psycho. And again, I'll probably go back to that again when the Steelers get really good. So, but we'd, the Steelers would win games and I'd be furious, you know, because you're really looking for perfection. You're, you're comparing them to the Patriots at the time or whoever it is. Um, so I still get enjoyment out of the games just for the love of football and the, and the interest in watching how they're going to turn this around. But I will say it sucks seeing them go down 30 points every game, not just because it's embarrassing, which is a big part, because it's freaking boring. It's a three-hour game, and they're just boring to watch, which, which sucks. But I still get enjoyment out of it just because we're – you know it's part of our DNA. Speaking of hope, there is a little bit of hope that we saw yesterday during the game. And it comes in the form of six foot two, two hundred and twelve pound South Alabama product, Corliss Waitman. Yeah, that's so sad about uh, Presley Harvin's dad. But I don't care about the player's dad. Whatever the punt. Yeah, he played better. The Presley Harvin has you know not not set a high bar as far as that goes. Who cares? Don't care. Don't care about any of the players right now. Really ready for the Steelers to be done with this season and start signing some linemen. And I guess who they got the Browns and the Ravens in the final two games would love for them to get to eight, eight and one. That would be a dream. That would be great. So I will be rooting hard. I hate the Browns. I hate the Ravens. I want the Steelers to beat them every year. And I'd say this is exactly what the Steelers need for the last two weeks for us to stay engaged. Just two big divisional games uh, to, to knock those guys down a peg. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I think both games are about 50, 50, depending on the COVID health of all the teams involved. So with that level of hatred and that level level of hopelessness, hit us up on Twitter at Steelers Outpost. We got hope. Shoot us, shoot us an email at SteelersOutpost.gmail.com. Remember, Pitt is playing Michigan State in the Chick-fil-A Bowl this Thursday, December 30th. Go Pitt. Thanks go for Pitt. listening. Until next week, go Steelers. Go Steelers. Okay, bye-bye. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine.